Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. And we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that we can reach more people. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. Huzzah! Today we are talking about the Hulu original series, The Great, starring Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt. First premiering on Hulu in May of 2020, The Great gives a satirical, hilarious, raunchy, and incredibly entertaining retelling of one of the greatest coup d'etats in history. I'm really excited because I've been really enjoying this series, and season two of The Great is returning on Hulu on November 19th of 2021. So that is coming up real fast here. Huzzah. Huzzah. So I love Elle Fanning and I love Nicholas Holt. He's been in X-Men. I mean, Elle Fanning's been in so much and she's just such a good actress. But here's something funny. I don't know if you realize this, but Nicholas Holt is six foot three. He is Jamie Fraser size. What? Yes. He's huge. I mean, I know Elle Fanning is tall, but I didn't realize how tall she was because he her next to him does not make him seem like he is six foot three. Okay. He doesn't yeah, seem no, that tall. That. He no. does not seem that tall in the show, but he's like a giant. He like is with a supermodel. And I was like, oh, for sure. He's going to be shorter than her. No, he is massive wow. towers over her. And I was like, oh, he is Jamie Fraser size for sure. Okay. Him and Sam Hewen, same height, six foot three. Wow. He's a big boy. Yeah. I wouldn't have gathered that. Yeah. I mean, he's very easy on the eyes, Nicholas Holt, but you freaking hate his guts in this show. You do. And hate him so you're much. Supposed, you're supposed to. Yeah. You're supposed to Historically hate him. speaking, Peter the third was not a likable person. He, Peter the third was German born. His aunt Elizabeth made him her heir. So that way, when they took over Russia, like she would have someone with control over multiple countries. Yeah. And he took it like Peter the third's like mindset was I want to make Russia the next Germany and bring German and or Prussian policies and rules and regulations to Russia. The people of Russia were not on board. Neither was Catherine. For those of you that don't really know the history of Catherine the Great, she was born into Prussian royalty and was the last reigning empress of Russia from 1762 to 1796. And she was the country's longest ruling female leader. She came to power following a coup d'etat that overthrew her husband, Peter III. And in the time of her reign, Russia was expanded and revitalized, and she reformed the Russian government. She modernized Russia in accordance to Western European standards, and Catherine the Great's rule was considered the golden age of Russia. I found it interesting that as a child, you know, she was born into, you know, Prussian, or as we know it now, um, Germany mm-hmm. royalty. And she was kind of like a tomboy and taught herself how to sword fight. And when she first met Peter, her second cousin, by the way, her husband and second cousin, they were 10 when they first met. And according to historical records, she found him like pale and like detestable and like personality even then. So the Prussian King wanted to strengthen ties between Prussia and Russia at the time. And so their whole marriage was like a conspiracy orchestrated by the Prussian king. It was, I wouldn't so much call it a conspiracy. It was just set up from the get-go, like from birth. 
that if these things pan out, we'll get these two together to run Russia. When you're reading on the history of it, it was like mm-hmm. very scandalized at the time. Peter's dad dies and Peter's pushed into this position at a very early age. He's not mentally adept. Like it wasn't just he's not a likable person. He's not mentally mature enough. It's my understanding that he was the runt of the litter, like wasn't physically mature either. He was always looked at as like, oh, you are malnourished. You have smallpox. You are not somebody, somebody would find desirable in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Which doesn't Um, really translate to when you set eyes on Nicholas Holt, but Exactly. Yeah. So when they cast Nicholas Holt as Peter the Great, when I first saw this trailer, I was just like, oh, they are taking this in a completely different direction. Yeah. They want it to be sexy, you know. Oh, yeah. And And visually enjoyable. I do get that. But I was just like, okay, like it's history, but not historically accurate. Also, satire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last time I thought I saw this or something close to it was drunk history, but those were historically accurate, you know, scenes. I love drunk history. Oh, same, same. I'm so sad it's over. I'm, I hope later on there's a reboot, but that being said, Nicholas Holt as Peter the third, I was just like, all right, I'm here for it. Let's see where this goes. He plays a very non-likable individual very well. Mm -hmm. I did not, I've never seen him in a comedic role. I'd say, you know, you see him in X-Men, but not historical pieces at all. It's not blatantly comedic. It's comedic because of what's happening, but he's not (laughs) trying to be funny. It's just funny because it's so absurd. Peter's also not smart and he plays, he plays a very good dumb Peter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. That means spoilers. We're going to spoil the show. So if you have not seen the great on Hulu, watch it because season two is coming out soon and you want to get caught up because this show is awesome. I love the costume design. It's just so like visually decadent and Elle Fanning as Catherine, she does this amazing job of like starting out as this naive, like wide-eyed girl, like, oh, I'm going to fall in love. And she plays that innocence so well. Like she just embodies what you would think that would look like. And then, you know, over time, she kind of like builds this tenacity and you're just like lost in her performance. I think they nailed the casting beautifully with Mm -hmm. Elle Fanning. She's not the person that would immediately come to my mind for this role, but the casting directors just nailed it spot on. Hands down. Who came to your mind for casting or who would you have thought they would have chosen? I don't know. Like she just never crossed my mind. To me, she hasn't been in enough roles where she stood out to be such a dominant historical figure to play Catherine the Great. It's not, not that she's never ever done a bad, you know, bad job acting. I have no idea who I would, who I would put in this role. She wasn't like Saoirse Ronan or something like that. Is that kind of Amelia Clark? Amelia Clark. Yeah. I think though, because Catherine the Great, like it's starting from when she's so young, Mm -hmm. you know, those other actresses, they're a little bit more established. And I think Amelia Clark, she's like in her thirties. So, I mean, maybe she could pass as like 19, 18, whatever. I don't know, but um, on her side, she does. But I mean, Catherine the Great is starting out this marriage, like as almost a child. Right. Right. So Elle Fanning, like that's, that's the section or the time period of her life that we are beginning this show at as like, mm-hmm. you know, because she doesn't come to power for 18 years after she's been married to Peter. Yeah. So we have like this time to see this development, you know, Amelia Clark, we see her as like mother of dragons, like she's built that already, you know? And so maybe this is, you know, 
not that Elle Fanning needs to prove herself, but like she will now become a person that you exactly. think of in this role. I think she just nails it. Like she's, it's flawless. Like, oh, of course they picked her because I saw her in Maleficent and just, she has this very ethereal look about her and like she could pass for Prussian, Russian, German, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of what she goes through is like, she's beginning this as like a teenager. Right. And so there's a lot of emotion and like feeling trapped, but at the same time, there's this level of like education and maturity you know, where she wants to teach the other women to read and she understands that she's royalty and that there's this responsibility to like do something with her life. So you see it at the same time, you see her trying to live up to being an empress, but also being someone who's so lonely and sad and depressed. And she just plays both sides of that so wonderfully, like, you know, and she even struggles with like putting on the face, like a smile to the court, like she Mm -hmm. can't muster it up. And then she ends up figuring it out and then like, okay, I have to play a role here while that feels sort of unnatural to her because she just wants to be who she is and feels like she's in a prison. She realizes like, okay, I want to change Russia. I want to make a difference. So if I have to play this role, which feels kind of counterintuitive or unnatural to me, I'm going to do it for like the good of Russia. And then we see that scene of her like kissing the ground and she has like this new found like love and loyalty for Russia because she Mm -hmm. sees these people are suffering. So she really has like this huge heart and that's played. It just comes across so beautifully. Right. And when she does come to that realization, my mindset was like, oh, now they're going to start following like historical points of time that were related to Catherine the Great because she had multiple lovers with and multiple kids. Yeah. She only had one kid with Peter. That's that's even up for debate at this point. Yeah. I just love the opening credits where they say the great, historically accurate, sort of. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I I really do love the satirical premise of the show and how it's mm -hmm. like mostly true. It just it can be super intense and like disturbing at times what you're watching, but it's fun because mm-hmm. it's like so outrageous because Peter is such a terrible pompous, like dick. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so outrageous that sometimes it doesn't even shock you because you're like, so you're just, you don't even have time to like, like, what did he just say? He's like, you're upset with me because I punched you and shot your bear. Like he is so unaware that he is like an utter fool and complete monster. You like, just want him to get hit by a bus, but he can't because buses haven't been invented yet, but he needs to be hit by a bus. <laughs> feel like natural selection is going to happen to this guy and it doesn't. It, it needs to. Then when he stabbed that guy, when he was trying to make the speech about his father and like the statue was like being revealed, my mouth was just like hanging open. I'm like, oh, he just shanked that guy repeatedly. No one is stopping him. His insecurities were so deep. Like he was, it just made him like a depraved and like dangerous human like a rabid animal that needed to be put down. He just, his utter lack of humanity. It's like, he was a true sociopath. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was curious, like where they wanted to take it as far as like, oh, they're, they're still letting this go. Okay. They're still letting this go on. And history of how quickly Catherine comes to power is six months with how fast she is coming to power in season one, season two is going to be so intense with how he reacts to situations it's six months after he's like officially the emperor correct so that doesn't happen for like another it happens like 18 years after she first marries him correct and i'm expecting a time jump going into season two 
I know that she's going to be pregnant in season two. Yes. So I don't know how fast the time jump will go, but I think that by the end of the series, if they keep getting renewed for like, I don't know, six, seven series, I think they will show that eventually, but like Peter's going to be around for the majority of the series. I agree. He, he will be around. I'm just expecting like, I don't know, maybe three or four episodes in they'll time jump and we'll see an, a grown Paul, which is their son, which mm-hmm. I'm hoping putting it out in the universe as a scars guard. <laughs> you know? I was like, just give me one. That's fine. I'll take it. Well, I think you might, you probably know more than I do because I'm on episode seven of season one and I need to, or I finished episode seven. So there's three episodes that I have not seen in okay. this first season that probably make you think that, which I haven't. So I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I don't know as much as you do. So I'm going out on a limb. There's nothing that really alludes to it, but I was just like, okay, I feel like they have to do a time jump in order to make this like a multi-season show. I don't know. Okay. So devil's advocate is if they do a time jump, then they're going to run out of stuff for the show. Because if they want to get like six or seven or eight seasons out of this or five, I don't know what they're going to get renewed for. They need that time, I think, because they're going to show eventually how she becomes Catherine the Great. And that will Mm -hmm. probably be like the finale of finales, because it'll probably end with showing her like ascending the throne after the coup d'etat happens. And Peter mysteriously is dead after he gets captured or whatever, or they arrest him or take him to the dungeon or whatever. Yeah. That'll probably be the end of the series. There's nothing to show after that because they're showing her transformation and we're seeing that transformation in its like infancy, like how she was motivated intrinsically from like a young child to do something important with her life. And she can't bear the thought of wasting her life. And when she realized that she was like a prisoner in this palace is when reality set in and she was ready to end her life. But then after Muriel, she came in her maid and gave her this, the pep talk of the century. And that resolve that Catherine gained after that moment, it was like solidified. And she's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I think also knowing that she wasn't alone and the creation of the coup club is what I'm calling it, you know, with Catherine Orlo and Mariel, like Mm -hmm. we're seeing this and it's a very beginning stages, how she's winning more and more people to her side. And it's not hard because Peter keeps effing things up and everybody's like, he um, does. yeah. And like his best friend, Gregor, and he's like sleeping with his wife, Georgia, people are going to want to kill you. And Gregor tried, you know, like this is not a hard sell folks, (laughs) but because like he has such his power is like, in a word, somebody can be dead, like how it was in France. It's like, if you upset the king of France, you did. If the, everyone can clearly see the power is in the wrong hands. Although I have to say, like, it was interesting watching Peter and Catherine get along for a little while mm-hmm. after he like almost died. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to change everything. And my, you know, my wife, she's, she's so smart. And, you know, he starts to like bring art and science, but then after like the smallpox situation, he's like, nope, burn them all. And she like lost them. It didn't give her hope in the relationship, but it gave her hope that she could have more influence. Right. You know? Um, but then she just realized like, Lost cause. No, this is not changing. He's not going to get better. He's just, this is who he is. A monster. Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing is in Catherine the Great's memoirs, she wrote, I've made the decision to do whatever was necessary and to profess to believe whatever was required of me to become qualified to wear the crown. 
So she understood that I will do whatever is required of me, but also I will say and pretend to believe these things so that I can get to like, she was expecting to wear the crown, expecting to rule. And she's like, I will do whatever it takes. I will pretend to believe to be able to get there, you know, because there's so many times where it's like, she knows, okay, it's pointless to argue with him. How can I do a workaround? How can I change things? How can I kind of wiggle my way into this? Or, you know, she's constantly having to reassess and readjust. She's an amazing strategist, like to have to deal with this crazy emperor. Mm -hmm. And she just keeps figuring out how like fall back, regroup, fall back, regroup. And she just keeps going. And on top of that, like, again, you don't see strong female leaders, especially in this period of history. Do you know the biggest rumor that has gone around about Catherine the Great? Maybe. What is it? Um, about how she would do things with horses, do certain oh. <laughs> provocative things with horses. I mean, I know it from the show that, you know, they, that rumor was going around. That was an actual rumor that was cast on her yeah. to make her no- look like not a great leader because they could not have like the misogyny behind women being in power. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was, was huge then. I mean, like it is now, but the idea of making up something so ridiculous to make sure someone didn't come to power out of nowhere. Yeah. And they highlighted that in the show Mm -hmm. for that reason. And they say, you know, again, they make fun of it very well in sense like, no, I made it up. (laughs) So, because I just didn't like her, I did, you know, they very much address this, this rumor and how well it played out. But that is what everybody associates Catherine the Great with is she not only loved men, she loved horses. (laughs) (laughs) A little too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know, women were completely dismissed intellectually in this time. Mm -hmm. And for Catherine, it's like disturbing, but also advantageous because as horrible as it is to simply be one's property and to be treated however Peter wishes, she was hiding in plain sight as a threat to the crown. Mm-hmm. And he he would never suspect that she could or would be able to take his throne. And she was utterly underestimated, but her resolve was like astounding. She's like, I can basically hide in plain sight. He doesn't think that I'm smart enough to do this. He thinks that like, you know, people think that I, you know, have love affairs with horses. They're not thinking that I'm actually smart enough to be able to do this. And she was, in fact, I mean, men were afraid of women coming in power. So like, oh, they're they're not stable. I'm like, oh, they're not like, look at Peter. Does that scream stability to you? Mental soundness? No, but yeah, it's like almost the perfect storm because it's like, she's literally just hiding in plain sight as somebody Mm -hmm. that's about to like take the throne. Like don't underestimate the queen because in chess, she can go whichever way she wants. What can the king do? Move one little space at a time. I think like the satirical aspect of the show, it's, it makes everything a little more easy to watch, you know, and then like the set design and the, the, did you recognize any of the sets? I mean, it all looks very familiar. Okay. But I don't know for what, I mean, I watched so many historical fiction pieces that I'm like, that all looks the same to me. Yeah. I recognize some from Enola Holmes. Oh, okay. Which part? That sounds familiar. It's the floor. Look at the floor. There's this black and white checkered floor. The one where the grandma becomes the one that like is going to 
kill Tewksbury. Yeah. Yes. Reveal. I remember that. The lush fabrics and like the decadent palace settings. It's like we get to see that, but then we also see like the harshness of like Russian life and the Russian winter, the cold, the mud, the dismembered and bloodied soldiers. It's a very complete viewing experience. And I have to say, I loved how they contrasted the out of touch reality that palace life had with the life of the Russian people, Elizabeth and Catherine bring macaroons to the soldiers. It's like, you <laughs> yeah. see their bloodied hand holding this pink macaroon with, they were so appreciative to eat the macaroon, but like you're, she throws the box out when they're on their way home. And she's like, this shit is ridiculous. Oh, you yeah. know, and she's like, stop the war. Like she's, she's has this sense of humanity and compassion and mm-hmm. love for people. That's who you need on the throne. Yeah. You know, that gets in the mud sees her people and sees them as humans. Yeah. I loved that contrast. I would recommend this show to anyone who's a fan of history and who wants a good laugh. Mm -hmm. But if you don't consider yourself a history buff, this is a great starter show to get into history. I want to see this formula of writing. Like I would love to see spinoffs of this show. I mean, it doesn't have to be Catherine the Great related. I want to see this formula with Joan of Arc with you know, Anne Boleyn with the Borgia Pope. Yeah. It makes it really interesting and fast paced. So it's very entertaining. It is absolutely. So we are very excited to continue watching Catherine the Great's journey unfold and season two of the great returns to Hulu on November 19th, 2021. Woohoo. That's right around the corner, folks. It's coming. And now it is time for the fangirl spotlight of the week. We love sharing and supporting small businesses. We use the fangirl spotlight of the week to do just that. We give a free 30 to 60 second ad spot on our podcast for a simple social media exchange. It's basically we share you and you share us during the week that your ad runs in our episode. As you know, we are also a small business, but we are part of the rapidly expanding Believe Podcast Network with over 400 podcasts and millions of listeners. We want to shine a spotlight on your business. So email us for info at the fangirlspodcast at yahoo.com. The Fangirls Podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form. We are offering 10% off our Etsy store with the code FANGIRL. The link in our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We want to answer your burning questions, so give us a follow on Instagram at the Fangirls Podcast and Twitter at the underscore fan underscore girls and like our community page on Facebook to join the conversation. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Hulu or any of the cast affiliated with the great. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.